Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest edition of The Peyton Doyle Show. I'm Peyton Doyle, host of The Peyton Doyle Show. I hope you are all having a fantastic day today, and I am back and better than ever. The past two weeks, I was on vacation in the Florida Keys, and then I was in Gainesville last weekend, but now I am back home, and I've got a great show lined up for you guys today. So without further ado, let's start off. I'm going to give you guys the recap of the Thursday night blowout that happened a few days ago in Los Angeles. Guys, the Patriots dynasty is over. It's done. This is the first time that the Patriots are going to have a season with less than 10 wins since 2002. I wasn't even alive in 2002. It's been that long. It's been 18 years. The Patriots... They need to blow this all up. They need to start from scratch, start from square one, and blow it up and rebuild because it's not going to work. Cam Newton is so washed. He's done. In the past three games, Cam Newton has a passer rating of 53.3 with 272 yards, only one touchdown, and three interceptions. That is just awful. That's awful. That's pathetic. And I understand that he doesn't have very many weapons in New England. He doesn't have a lot of great wide receivers. He doesn't even have really great running backs. But he's also playing with the greatest head coach of all time in Bill Belichick. If not the greatest head coach of all time, the greatest head coach of this generation. And that's not a good look for Cam, who is playing on a prove-it deal this year. And what has Cam, what has Cam proven this year? What has he proven? Nothing. He's proven that he's washed. And now, what does that mean for other teams that may have considered signing Cam Newton after the season, knowing he had something to show them this season, and he didn't? He didn't show them that. If I'm the GM of other teams this offseason, I'm thinking, wow, the greatest coach in the history of the game who is known for getting the absolute best out of all of his players couldn't fix Cam. There's no way that I'm signing Cam Newton this offseason as a starter, and that shouldn't even be considered. And it's a shame because he really did used to be great, but I wouldn't even consider signing him as a starter. Maybe as a nice backup, but not as a starting quarterback ever again. Now, speaking of things that haven't happened since 2002, you know what else hasn't happened since 2002? The Browns making the playoffs. How about them Browns? Baker Mayfield was dealing last week against the Tennessee Titans. Bake completed 75.8% of his passes for a season high 334 yards, four touchdowns, and a passer rating of 147. Also, by the way, no interceptions. And that's a big deal as well. This was obviously a great game from Baker Mayfield, and it would be crazy to expect him to do this all the time, right? Obviously, you can't expect someone to do that all the time. He's not Patrick Mahomes, right? But this was more of what we needed to see from Baker Mayfield. You know, we needed to see him. He took over this game. That's what we need to see. He showed that the Browns are a threat throwing the ball as well as a threat on the ground. This is what everyone said they needed to see from the Browns. A convincing win over a good 
football team. The Titans, they're a good football team. And the Browns, they won pretty convincingly. But let's not start punching their Super Bowl tickets just yet. This is their second win this season against a team with a winning record. All seven of their other wins came against very mediocre teams. But the Browns are sitting pretty at 9-3 and three in the fifth seed in the AFC right now. But they have a really big test coming up. The real test for the Browns will come on Monday night against their division rival, Baltimore Ravens, who blew them out. He, they blew them out of the water week one, 38-6. The Browns, their key to victory, playing good run defense and forcing Lamar Jackson to throw the ball downfield because Lamar has proven this season that he simply is not up to par with the rest of the league with his passing ability. So they need to force Lamar to throw the ball. Then they also need Baker Mayfield to play efficient and turnover-free football. Then they also need to keep that running game going with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's their bread and butter. It's going to help them control the time of possession and hopefully play less turnover-free football, have Baker Mayfield throw the ball less, which creates less opportunity to throw interceptions. But I think if Baker Mayfield, it really all comes down to Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield plays well, I believe that the Browns have a serious shot at winning this game. It's so obvious. And now I was watching this game and I've watched basically every game of Baker Mayfield's career as a Browns fan. It's so obvious to see if Baker Mayfield is in his bag. You can tell. And the Browns, they need Baker Mayfield to be in his bag. They need Baker Mayfield to be feeling himself a little bit. It's so obvious to see when Baker was feeling himself. He was feeling himself last week. Last week, he was in his bag. It was obvious. You could just see in the way that he, he looks in the pocket, how comfortable he looks, how confidently he looks. You can tell when he's in his bag, when Baker's in his bag. And when he's in his bag, he really is dangerous. If Baker keeps playing like he did last week, you know, the Browns, they might be serious contenders in the playoffs because that defense has been stepping up as of recently. That running game obviously is tremendous. That offensive line is good. Their receivers are still solid, even though Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL. All they need is Baker Mayfield. That's, that's the recipe. If Baker Mayfield can be in his bag, be feeling himself a little bit, maybe wake up feeling a little bit dangerous, the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. And that's a fact. But it's a big if because we haven't seen we haven't seen Baker Mayfield do it for long enough yet. I'm not going to overreact after one game, but it is exciting to see those, those short bursts of greatness out of Baker Mayfield. Hopefully he can put it all together consistently. We will see this Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. All right, so now let's talk about Philly. Why don't we? And Carson Wentz has been benched in favor of rookie quarterback Jalen Hurts. Philly is done this year. They have no shot at winning that division, and there's no way that they make the playoffs. Doug Peterson needs to go. Whatever you have to say about Carson Wentz and whether he was overrated before this season, there is one thing that you cannot deny, and that is the man has talent. Carson Wentz has talent. He's a talented quarterback. And Doug Peterson failed to groom his young quarterback into a star. Now, that being said, 
I agree with benching Carson Wentz. Not because I think that Jalen Hurts is the future, because I don't. I do not think that Jalen Hurts is the future. I don't think that he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. But because Wentz needs to sit on the bench and get his head screwed on straight before he's ready to come back in the game. Because he's been through a lot. If he was a pitcher in the major leagues right now, he'd be sent to the minors. You know, like, let's go, let's go take a step back and get yourself figured out again before you're ready to come back in. But seriously, think about all that Carson Wentz has been through. He was just playing subdivision one college football at North Dakota State University, where he was praised as a god in and around that area. They loved him there. Then he's drafted second overall to the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the toughest sports cities around, and he steps in as a rookie and performs well. Then his second season, he's having an MVP season. He won over all the hearts of all the Philadelphia fans. He was going to be the savior for the Eagles. And then right at the end of the season, he tears his ACL. Then on top of that, while he's rehabbing from his injury, his backup quarterback comes in and wins the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. Instead of him, that is extremely tough. Now, there's a statue of Nick Foles outside of Lincoln Financial Field instead of a Carson Wentz statue. Then there's buzz of, should the Eagles keep Foles and move on from Wentz, or should they keep Wentz and move on from Foles? And all this and all that, right? Then, in his first season back from injury, he gets hurt again before the postseason. Then Nick Foles, his backup, comes in and wins a playoff game against the Bears. And then there's even more buzz. Should they keep Foles and move on from Wentz, right? Then in the last season, they finally move on from Foles. They give Wentz the contract that looks like they're committed to him. He finally gets to play in a playoff game, and it's a close game early on, but he gets concussed and misses the entire second half of the game. Then on top of that, your team desperately needs wide receivers. Desperately needs wide receivers. You were the first quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards and not have a receiver catch for over 500 yards. You desperately need wide receivers. And in the best wide receiver draft class in the past decade, your team drafted Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson in the first round. That just hurts because look at how Justin Jefferson's playing and look at how Jalen Rager's playing. And you're going to see how in the hell did they do that? How did they make that mistake, right? And instead, in the second round of maybe you getting, maybe getting you some much-needed offensive line help, they draft another quarterback in the second round. Reach for him, by the way. Jalen Hurts should have been a third or fourth rounder. They reach for a sec- another quarterback in the second round. And then, you know, you're thinking, wow, they just drafted my replacement. Wentz, he's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. After Nick Foles coming in and everyone loves Nick Foles, everyone wants to dump in for Nick Foles. Now there's a Nick Foles statue where Carson Wentz probably feels like, hey, I had something to do with this too, right? And now they drafted his replacement in the second round. And this is all for a young guy coming from North Dakota, And this is all happening in Philly right now, where he is under the most criticism because that's how Philly is. You know, you have to perform or you're going to get criticized in Philly. 
it's, it's a lot of struggles. I think he's been through a lot mentally. And now the question is, where will Wentz go, right? It seems like Wentz's time in Philly has come to an end. Um, where will he go? There's a familiar face in Frank Reich in Indianapolis. Frank Reich, who was the offensive coordinator in Philly during Wentz's rookie year and in his 2017 season, which were probably his two best seasons by far, Frank Reich is the head coach in Indianapolis right now. Um, plus, Indianapolis has a questionable quarterback situation with an aging Phillip Rivers. Um, this would be a good place for Wentz to try and restore his career, find himself again, and get himself back to where he was before. Um, the only problem with a Wentz trade is moving his big contract. In order for a Wentz deal to work, the contract would have to be restructured. Um, it, it's, it's a mess right now. Plus, the Eagles would have to take a lot of cap hits if Wentz isn't on the roster for the next few years. That's a lot of cap money that they're going to be losing. But I don't, I don't think that Carson Wentz on the roster is going to help the Eagles. It's obvious that their relationship is done. It might hurt a little, but it's time for them both to move on. Plus, Wentz would be a really expensive backup quarterback. I don't think you want to pay that much for a backup quarterback, in all honesty. So it's a mess going on in Philly. But I do think that Indianapolis, with an aging Phillip Rivers, who probably is he's looking more towards the end right now than, than you know, the beginning for sure. Um, Indianapolis would be a good place for Wentz. But we're going to have to see with that contract. They, they really gave him a massive contract. And honestly, he sadly just hasn't lived up to it. So that's a mess that's going on right now in Philly. Now, let's go to the other side of Pennsylvania. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, it was, it was great. It was great to watch the Steelers lose against Washington, wasn't it? It was lovely. Right now, it seems like the Steelers are running out of gas. They were boosted by an easy schedule at the beginning of the season, and now it looks as if they're probably the fifth best team in the league, which is no disrespect. So before, hey, before Steelers Nation comes for my head again and says, you put no respect on us. You put no respect on Steelers Nation. Listen. I am. I'm saying you guys are the fifth best team in the league, all right? So don't even give me that crap, okay? It's no disrespect being the fifth best team in the league. If you're the fifth best team in the NFL, you're a good team. But as of right now, the Chiefs are better. The Saints are better. The Bills are better. And Green Bay is better than the Steelers. What is Pittsburgh doing that shows that they can contend with top-level teams? Obviously, their defensive numbers are going to look great. They played guys like... Jeff Driscoll, Jake Luton, and Garrett Gilbert. Of course their defense is going to look good. Their offense is absolutely not playing great right now. It's not a good offense whatsoever. This will be a huge test for the Steelers this Sunday. They play Sunday night football in Buffalo against the Bills. And I believe that the Bills are going to win that game. They're going to drop the Steelers to 11-2. and two. The Bills are a really good team. And Josh Allen is seriously an MVP candidate this year. And with a few more good games down the stretch, he might be able to take it from Mahomes. But the Steelers, they don't have what it takes to win come playoff time, in my opinion. They don't. 
it looks like they're getting cold at the wrong time. I feel like there's not a lot of people that can deny that. There's other teams that are getting hot at the right time. The Steelers are getting cold at the wrong time. They would lose to the Chiefs easily. Pat Mahomes would destroy the the Steelers easily. And they would lose to the Bills. I think those are two, two teams that easily would beat them. But they also could get upset by Indianapolis, who has a good defense, and they've been playing good football as of recently. Or Cleveland, who is hot right now, red hot right now, on a four-game winning streak. But to wrap this all up, the Steelers were blessed with an easy schedule. And now we're going to have to see what they're going to do when things get tough. Because Big Ben, he's old. He's 38 throughout the entire season. He's been getting worse. We'll see how that old man does come playoff time. I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think that they're going to make it out of the AFC. I don't think that they're going to make it to the AFC championship game, in my opinion. I don't think they'll make it there. Now let's talk about the NFC East because things in the NFC East are actually looking pretty good for the NFC East. They're getting really interesting. It's fun to watch. Like I mentioned earlier, Washington beat the Steelers last week and the Giants, they beat the Seahawks with their backup quarterback, Colt McCoy. Daniel Jones was out. Daniel Jones was hurt. Both teams are sitting at five and seven this week. The Giants have the tiebreaker because they did beat Washington twice this season. I think that Washington has the edge, however, though, in this division. They have a better quarterback in Alex Smith, who, by the way, should unanimously win comeback player of the year. But the the football team, the Washington football team, they also have a better head coach in Ron Rivera. And they also have a comparable defense that probably has a better pass rush with Chase Young. The Giants, they also have a tougher schedule. Their next three games are against the Cardinals, the Browns, and the Ravens. All games that they could easily lose. Washington's next three games, they play the 49ers and Nick Mullins. They could probably win that game. Then they play the Seahawks, and then they play the the Panthers. They could get two wins out of there. They could get two out of three of those wins. I say that seals the division for them. But man... Give me Washington football team. Give me the Washington football team to win the NFC East and have a home playoff game. That's right. What if I told you guys that the Washington football team would be playing at home in the playoffs in the preseason? That just shows how crazy this year has been. I mean, you guys would have all called me nuts. I mean, you guys would have been like Steelers Nation this offseason on my head. I mean, you would have all called me nuts. It would have been crazy. This year has been a crazy year. Give me Washington playing at home in the first round of the playoffs this year. All right, that's it, everyone. Thank you all so much for watching and or listening. Please make sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you may be listening. Also, please, if you haven't already, make sure to follow the show on social media at Peyton Doyle Show. That is at Peyton Doyle Show. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you guys so much for your support and make sure to stay tuned for the next week's episode. Thank you.